I find myself week after week, day after day, navigating the same pieces of tension because I keep telling myself that just getting it done is faster than slowing down and asking for help. Entrepreneurs are the worst at this because oftentimes when we start a business, we're used to wearing all the hats. And when the business starts to grow and we need support, we will inevitably keep doing things that are not the best use of our time because we just think it's faster. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. All right, well, I'm gonna just start recording this episode because I've been trying to set up the shot for at least an hour and I'm really frustrated <laughs> and I give up. It is not even giving up on the pursuit of perfection. It's giving up on just wasting more energy because at this point it's just the law of diminishing returns, which is like no matter how much more time I put into this, I still will not have skills as a camera person or a lighting person. And so uncle, I'm, I'm calling uncle. It's hilarious that I'm feeling this frustrated coming into podcast today because we're going to talk about things that you can stop doing that will make you feel so much better. And the irony is not lost on me and the universe's sense of humor is never lost on me that I am so glaringly obvious that this is something I have to stop doing. If we wanted to, I, I, I'm sure that the editing crew has removed it over time, but I think I have referenced being frustrated about setting up podcast shots solidly 150 times in the last year. I have to have because it is one of the biggest pieces of tension in my life. Let's unpack it because it really does set the stage so perfectly for the conversation we're going to have today. I honestly, if I could figure out a way to turn this into a full episode, I would because I know I'm not the only one of us here in this hangout session who keep doing things that are so frustrating. We frustrate ourselves so deeply simply because we trick ourselves into thinking that just doing it just getting it done, just handling it ourselves is going to be faster or more efficient than slowing down long enough to get help. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? 
If you are not watching this today, if you're listening to it on audio, then you cannot see that I am basically, I'm looking in the monitor right now, I'm basically blue because it is a dark overcast day here in Austin, Texas. And the room that I shoot my podcast in is this little tiny room off of my TV room. It also happens to be the darkest room in the house and I'm facing the light and I, on, I'm i going to show because um, I want you guys to see all the things I tried. There's a light I tried. There's another light. There's that ring light. And then there's the window. I tried to make it look like a normal shot but I don't know how. And because I have been doing this podcast at home since March of 2020, I just keep drowning in this cesspit of bad shots. <laughs> now, let me just real quick, maybe you're like, it does not matter. It doesn't matter. It does and it doesn't. It doesn't in the grand scheme of life. How the video shot of this podcast, which is predominantly an audio-based thing, how the video looks doesn't matter in the grand scheme of life. There are about 8 million things that are more important than the shot. But this is my work. And maybe you have your version of this where I want it to be good. I want it to be elevated. And I'm not trying to make me look good. If you have watched any video I've done in the last year, my goal is not that I look good because I typically look just real life, which is on some days marginally better than others. And on other days, I don't look fantastic, but I just want the video to look pretty because I've worked with a video team on the Quibi show or on Rage Talk. I work with Jack so much. I know how it looks when it's nicely done. And I know that those people who are great at it pay attention to the background. I'm just realizing there's a suitcase in my shot. Oh, <laughs> so bad. And it drives me insane because I care. I want it to I want it to be right. But inevitably the content, not not necessarily the way this looks, but the audio content and the message I want to deliver, that matters to me way more than the shot. So what happens is over and over and over again, I will give up because I get frustrated and just allow the shot to be whatever the shot is so that I can get the audio work done. I think at this point we're we're up to like five pieces of podcast content every single week. And I'm so proud of it. And I'm so grateful for the community. You guys are showing up big. This show's never been bigger, but I just, man, I wish it looked good too. And so today I was really frustrated. I got up this morning, I was having my coffee, sitting by the tree. It's beautiful. I've got, you know, I'm drinking coffee out of a Santa mug and I'm just in a bit of a grouchy mood and I'm trying to unpack because that's not normal. I don't wake up grouchy and I'm like, why am I, 
what am I frustrated about? And I kept circling around the fact that it was such a gray day outside. And I was like, oh, just really this weather is so gross and it just makes me feel kind of depressed. And like, I was just getting more and more annoyed at the weather, which is also very weird. And then I realized, oh, it's because my intention today is to shoot podcasts all day. And if it's like this outside, I know that I'm, it's just going to be a ball of trying to make it work and it doesn't work, getting frustrated, doing something, coming at you with eight minutes of an opener about the shot not being right. But there's a reason I'm bringing it up because I've been talking about this for at least, I've been frustrated about this for at least a year and a half. And yet I find myself week after week, day after day, navigating the same pieces of tension because I keep telling myself that just getting it done is faster than slowing down and asking for help. Entrepreneurs are the worst at this because oftentimes when we start a business, we're used to wearing all the hats. And when the business starts to grow and we need support, we will inevitably keep doing things that are not the best use of our time because We just think it's faster. And actually today, when I was sitting here, I had to take a minute and pray and meditate because I was in such a grouchy mood about it. And I thought to myself, I bet, I would bet you guys money that I spend the equivalent of one, of potentially one brand new podcast episode I could be making every single week trying to set up the podcast. And I thought, okay, this is nuts. Yes, it will take more time to figure this out because I think I'm not sure if in order to get this right, do I need to shoot the podcast outside of my house? Do I need to like rent a studio? Do I need to get an office space? Do I need to get somewhere that we can set up the lighting and it will be consistent every single time and the shot will be pretty? And so I don't have to think about it. Like, is that what I'm going to have to do? That's going to involve a lot. That's going to involve finding a place, getting the team involved, having Jack set everything up for me, vetting it. It's going to take a minute. And so inevitably, I just keep, okay, well, it's just faster to just do it in this dark little room and feel frustrated. And I'm betting that if you searched your heart or your mind right now, you would find your version of this. You'd find the moments in your day, in your week, where you experience the same tension, over and over and over. And you just keep pushing through the tension because you're like, okay, well, as soon as I'm on the other side of this, I don't have to deal with it anymore. But you're going to come back and deal with it again tomorrow, or you're going to come back and deal with it again next week. So what would it look like in our lives for each and every one of us, especially going into a new year, if we considered stopping, stopping the crazy train? Yeah, what would it look like for all of us if we picked one big area of tension in our lives and we stopped thinking that we could just power through it and we slowed down long enough to just freaking fix it, to just fix the thing that's driving us crazy? I'm going to do it. I'm going to lead out on this. I am. It's going to be annoying and it's going to take a while. And I'm going to figure it out, but I'm going to hit you up 
you're going to like, you keep watching these. And then at like the beginning of March, I'm going to be in some beautiful, gorgeous space. And you guys are going to be like, that son of a bitch, she did it. She <laughs> finally fixed her shot. Doesn't matter to anyone else, but it matters to me. I want to also not reinforce a narrative I have in my mind that like it just has to be this way, like that there's not a solution. I think that we get wrapped in that lie that there's not a solution to the pieces of tension in our life or there's not an answer that would make it better or there's not something that we can try or maybe we've tried to fix this thing before and it just never gets better and so we figure this is the way that it has to be. And having gone through many seasons of my life where I was able to make a change that had a domino-like effect, like one domino went down and then it was one after another after another and I started to feel so much better. I know it's possible for every area of our life. And so I I just want to tell you that story today because I've identified the piece of tension. I know what has to change. And my next step is going to be to brainstorm a bunch of different solutions and then to just try stuff. And if the things I try don't work, then I'm going to try something else. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to try something else. I'm just going to keep trying something until I have a solution that works better for me. Because Getting to do this work is one of the greatest joys in my life. I love it. And I don't want to surround it with negativity on any level. And if I keep allowing myself to fall back into the same rut over and over and over again, I don't feel like I'm evolving the way that I want to. I don't feel like I'm doing the work that I want to do. And that's literally the intention behind this podcast in general is that we're all trying to level up in our lives. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. We have a plan. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And now let's talk about the other stuff. Let's talk about the other areas where I actually 
did what I needed to do, where I actually made a change and it had a huge, profound effect on my life. So I made notes in my phone the other day because I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept for a podcast episode is what are bad habits that I used to have that when I made the change, when I got rid of these habits, I really saw drastic change and I wouldn't have thought that that habit would have such a big effect. It's kind of the way it always is. It's kind of stuff that you don't think is going to be a big difference maker can be massive. I actually was just writing about this. I'm on deadline for my next book. And I just was writing a chapter about this yesterday that my intention for this year was to challenge myself to do things that scared me. And it's coming up in, a, in an upcoming podcast episode. So y'all hear all about the crazy stuff I did. But I am really shocked at how many pieces of my life were touched, affected, and changed by doing scary stuff, by pushing and leaning into fear. It really changed my life in ways I didn't anticipate. And when we change bad habits, I think that we find again and again and again, it will positively affect you in ways that you don't anticipate. These are negative habits, bad habits that I stopped doing. And there's no particular rhyme or reason to these. It's just what popped into my head. But I realize that a lot of them have to do with health and confidence and the way I feel about myself or my body. So I think that it'll resonate with you guys too. Okay, this is real. This is some realness. This is some period realness. I have broken the habit that gets me into trouble with my period a lot. And that is, I'll be 40 next month, and I've had three kids. I have stopped assuming that my period will ever be light. There was a time. There was a time when my vagina was bright and shiny like a new penny. There was a time. And... I'm not sure if you're familiar with what happens when you push babies out of that space, but it's not what it used to be. And post-children, and as I've gotten older, my periods have gotten really heavy. I think that's because I've, I'm perimenopausal, and it stinks. I'm just going to be honest. It feels a bit frustrating because... I feel like I'm still probably 15 years away from going through menopause. So perimenopausal, just peri just means before. So it's potentially a really long time with these heavy periods or fluctuating periods or things that shift and change. And it's just annoying. I wish we could just like program it and have our cycles be exactly how we want them to be. But I have had a bad habit of tricking myself into believing that I'm going to have a period like I had when I was 22. And it's not a thing. It doesn't happen. Every once in a while, I do have a lighter period. And I'm like pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, okay. 
oh, okay, bitch. Thank you. Thank you for being just a little light something, just a little, you know, panty liner moment. Thank you for that. But most of the time, it's like that scene in Carrie where it's just blood and blood and blood and more blood. And I don't know if any of you know what I'm talking about, but when it's happening to you, it causes all kinds of problems. For me, I have had really bad anemia this year, which causes all kinds of issues. It physically makes me feel really low energy. It's a huge struggle in my body. But let's just set that to a side. That's not even the worst of it. The worst of it, bar none, is I never know if I'm going to bleed out in a public place. That is just real. That's not me trying to make you laugh. That is not me exaggerating on the regular. Oh, I got to get on a plane. And what if we hit turbulence and then I can't get to the bathroom in time? Or what if I'm, you know, getting a massage and I just start hemorrhaging on that'll be uncomfortable for me and Tyler, who's in the midst of rubbing my shoulders. Like I worry about it a lot. And I've had, unfortunately, a lot of situations this year where I have, I wouldn't call it hemorrhaging, but something happens and I just like can't stop bleeding. It's happened a lot at night. And then I'm like up all night trying to change things, but then they're not working and I shouldn't be embarrassed, but it's like it embarrasses me in front of my boyfriend that I'm like literally ruining the sheets or bleeding through my clothes. Like it's a whole thing. And this kept happening over and over again because I just wasn't preparing. I just wasn't honestly accepting my body and where it's at right now and how it's acting. And so I'm not preparing well. It's kind of like going back to the start of our conversation. I'm not slowing down long enough to be solution-oriented, so I'm not preparing, and then I'm getting mad at my body, and it's my body just like doing what it does. So I'm getting mad at my body and myself when really I should have just been better prepared. So I now just accept that my period is going to be heavy every month, and I try to plan accordingly. I got a bunch of those period panties. I got the ones that look like boy shorts because I'm like a regular brief is not going to cut it. But I got the ones that are like the most heavy flow, which essentially, guys, it's like you're wearing boy shorts with a diaper. It's like noticeable. It's not, you know, they have the ones that are like lighter. They have like thongs and different things that are like lighter and they absorb the blood and you just, they look like underwear, but that's not what we're doing here. Okay. That's like the difference between a rowboat and the Titanic. I need the Titanic of period panties in this scenario. So I just sucked it up and I got a bunch of them. I think they're called thinks. I think, I think whatever the period panties are. That's what I got. And um, I got the ones that are like boy shorts. And I got four pairs because I was like four nights in a row, I might be having a problem. And here's what I can tell you. They 
look a bit ridiculous because I feel like I'm wearing a diaper a little bit. I'm being dramatic, but it's enough that if my boyfriend touches my butt, he's like, okay, <laughs> you know, like he can feel that it's there. But y'all, those shorts, they're not letting anything out. Okay. That it's a vault. It's a lockbox. It's a, I have more than once woken up in the night and just been like, I ruined the bed. Like I, cause I can feel myself. And just so you know, I wear a menstrual cup. So I wear a menstrual cup and I was doing a menstrual cup and then panties and a pad at night. And that wasn't enough. But these things, the menstrual cup plus these shorts, I don't like how they look. And I don't like the fact that I have to wear them. But the sleep that I get, because I'm not afraid I'm going to embarrass myself or ruin the bed or the peace of mind of knowing that I'm not going to do something that I don't want to do. And now, honestly, I think like I'll try and figure out a way if I have to do something out in the world or go on an airplane in a day where it's like a really heavy flow, I'm going to be the one who's like wearing those shorts and looks like I have a diaper on because nothing's worse. Nothing's more embarrassing to be a grown woman and to just like bleed through your clothes in public. I've had it happen so many times. I've gotten so creative with like things tied around my waist and different stuff. And it's just the reality of what it is. And it won't be like this forever, but it's going to get immediately better by just being honest about what's happening with my body and doing what my body needs me to do instead of like what I wish my body needed me to do. Maybe seems silly, but that's been a big one for me is just accepting my cycle and where she's at. And when Aunt Flo comes to town, I mean, she brings an army. So we got to be prepared. I've talked about this before, but I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker. 
getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. For me, not for everyone, I know for a lot of people, fitness influencers can be really inspiring, can be really motivational. But for me personally, I realized that every time I would see someone come through my feed that had 8% body fat and six-pack abs and perfect arms and all of these things, it triggered something in me. It made me lie to myself. Yeah, I like I like that way of saying it. It made my mind begin to lie to me about what my body is supposed to look like and what I think I should be doing and how my abs are supposed to look. And I'm saying that as someone who spends her life trying to figure out how to have the healthiest relationship with my body and my mind and my spirit that I can possibly have. So if I'm spending this much time doing the work and I'm still being triggered by seeing someone whose body looks so different than mine, that's not her fault. That's not the influencer's fault. That's not fitness industry's fault. That's that's something I need to take ownership of. I love every kind of content and all the people who put great stuff out into the world. So if you are a fitness influencer, keep doing you. That has nothing to do with you and the work that you're doing. It was just for me personally, I found myself getting triggered. It didn't motivate me. It would make me feel like I'm not enough. And I just wanted to take ownership of that experience. So I was really thoughtful about removing and unfollowing anybody or muting feeds that were people that she just doesn't look like how I look. And I'm never going to look that way. And me following her for fitness advice, it's not benefiting me in any way because it's just sort of setting up this warped perception of what I'm supposed to be. So I found I did like a huge unfollow. I think the end of the year is a fantastic time to do this. But I literally just went through every single person that I follow and I just unfollowed anyone that didn't fit into a body type that looked like mine or content that I wanted to consume. And to be honest with you guys, I really, I want to consume content that's like joyful, that's happy. It's why if you follow me on Instagram, which is basically the only social media I use, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see what I share in my stories. I'm just sharing like Upworthy and dog videos and babies saying cute things because 
I know that life is hard. I read I read the paper because I'm a dork. I read the paper. I get my news. I'm aware of what's going on. But when it comes to consumption inside a social feed, I want to look for light and I try and share light. And so I have to step away from anything that would be triggering to me when it comes to body issues. So that was a huge deal for me. And I think also a big deal to make sure that you follow people. If if body image is any kind of issue for you, make sure that you follow people who have bodies like you have a body. Seeing women with a juicy, delicious booty is great for me because I got some junk in the trunk and I love my butt. And it took me a long time to love my butt and to feel like it was sexy and beautiful and all of these things. But if I'm following young women in their early 20s who are really thin and have like that waif-like figure and their models and whatever, beautiful women, but it's just going to make me feel like, oh, that's the way I'm supposed to be and I don't look like that. So making sure that you follow people who represent you so that your feed is filled with normalcy, that you see yourself represented again and again. So that was a big deal. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we're all super busy. We have so many things filling up our plate each and every day. And I like to imagine what it would be like if I had an extra hour. Like, what would I do? I like to think that I would be my absolute best self and I would meditate and make sure I'm journaling more. I would do my morning pages. I would really take advantage of that time. But in order to know what to do with your time, you have to understand what your priorities are. And therapy can be a really fantastic way to figure that out. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rach to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Rach. It's spring, guys, or it's very close to spring, which means it's very close to the time of the year where I start planting my garden for summer. And this year, I was really excited to add a lemon tree, not from a seed, but like an actual tree. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners of my show 
Get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code RACH at checkout. Guys, get a lemon tree like me. We can be twins. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code RACH at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code RACH. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. I thought it would be helpful to tell you that a really bad habit that I think has has had the most profound effect when it comes to my health nutritionally and physically is I got out of the habit of thinking if I went to a party and I had been just eating really great and taking care of myself and having foods that bless my body and making sure I'm getting greens and all the things. And then I go to like a holiday party and I have appetizers and delicious cocktails and I live my best life and I'm like nibbling all the things. My brain, my brain of the past would tell me that, well, you've you've just blown it. You've blown everything, so you may as well just go completely off the wagon. And I know I am not the only one. I've talked to you guys about this so much at conferences, and you come up to me at airports, and you're like, girl, me too. It's a really common thing, especially for women, to have an all-or-nothing mentality when it comes to diet. Frankly, when it comes to exercise too. And when I say diet, I don't mean dieting. I mean like the nutrition that you take into your body. It's really common to believe that you have to be perfect, 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 however you've identified that. Or you should just go ham and eat everything that you want and wait for New Year's Day, right? Like we tell ourselves, I'll just, I already blew it. It's Friday night and I blew it. So I'm just going to wait until Monday morning or screw it. It's December and I've been eating like crap. Now I'm just going to go all the way. And I'm sure you guys have heard that expression. It's like getting a flat tire on your car, seeing the flat tire and just grabbing a knife and stabbing the other three tires. Like it makes literally no sense, but our brains trick us into believing that this is the right choice. And that ends up being really bad for me, and I think really bad for a lot of us, because we end up taking in so much crap in our bodies, so many extra calories, sugar, alcohol, caffeine, like all of this stuff that normally wouldn't be there, we're taking on board, maybe even if we don't like it, because now we've tricked ourselves into thinking, well, this is my last chance. Because on Monday, I'm going to be perfect again. On New Year's Day, I'm going to like fix all of this and I'm going to be the woman that I want to be. And so this is the last chance to eat these brownies. This is my last chance for the rest of my life to ever have nachos. Like we tell ourselves all of this crap that's not true. And we end up taking in way more than we even want. Like we don't even want all of the things that we're taking into our system. But at this point, we're like, screw it. May as well. That is one of the best, worst habits I've ever broken is if I have something indulgent, if I have something that I don't really want to be part of my regular everyday nutritional actions, I don't see it as part of some bigger 
explanation for who I am as a human being. If I have something fun and like it's indulgent and doing the thing, I just think of it as a one-off. I'm like, yeah, I had that. We went to, I'm in Austin, Texas, and we drove out to Lockhart yesterday. If you're not familiar, Lockhart is the barbecue capital of Texas. That's what the billboards all over town told me. And we decided to go visit. I was out there because there's an art gallery. It's called Commerce Gallery that I have followed on Instagram forever. And they have a couple artists in residence right now. I really wanted to see the show. But while we were there, it was almost dinner time. I was like, well, hell's bells. We're in the barbecue capital of Texas. It feels like maybe we should have some barbecue. And we went to Black's Barbecue, Kent Black's, I think it was called. And it was just like a honky-tonk style joint. And you went in and there was like sweet older women working behind the counter. And you order all the sides. I ordered all the sides. I had potato salad Pinto beans, some of the best pinto beans I've ever had. They said the recipe's from like 1924. They've never changed it. I had cornbread, uh, some creamed corn with jalapeno. I had pork ribs and brisket. And I tried the apple pie because a sweet old woman behind the counter said that I should try it. And I was like, ma'am, I will do literally anything you tell me to at this point. So I had it. I just would like to say uh, it's worth the hype. It was freaking delicious. And I had a beer and I had a shiner while I was having all that big old plate of food and I had a shiner. And y'all, I didn't come home and go like, okay, now I'm going to raid the pantry because I've quote unquote blown it. I didn't wake up this morning and say, well, it's the holiday season and I've been really craving donuts. And since I blew it last night, I may as well get some donuts. I didn't do any of that. I just had a delicious barbecue and went on with my life. Right back in the saddle, had a smoothie for breakfast. It took a really long time to break that habit, but it's such a game changer, especially during a season like this one. I really would love to encourage you, if you feel like you're that person where you're all or nothing when it comes to nutrition, just practice this. If you have a donut today or a cookie or like number one, Make sure you really want that thing and make sure it's worth it. This was a huge piece of it too. If I'm going to be indulgent and eat food that's probably going to make my stomach not feel that happy, which is what happens when I eat a giant plate of barbecue, if I'm going to do that, let it be delicious. Because to me, if something's delicious, you are satisfied by what you just did. But if you're eating it just because it's there or just because it's Christmas or just because someone made cookies at the office, it's not very satisfying. It feels a bit empty. And then we end up taking on more than we wish we had. Consider just try a little bite and you're like, yeah, this is freaking worth it. This cake, this cookie, this baby back ribs, this whatever I'm about to eat right now. This is my grandma's favorite. This is mama's best. She makes it once a year. Like enjoy that stuff. Really allow yourself to enjoy it will eliminate a lot of that lack of satiation that keeps you reaching for things that you really don't want because you're not even tasting. You're not even sitting with the stuff that you're actually taking in, which sitting with it, is really going to allow you to be able to enjoy it in the moment and then just move on with your life. 
You don't slash all the other tires in the car. Okay, this is kind of a funny one, but I did write this down because I was telling my teenagers about it recently. And I know there's a lot of teenagers who listen to the show because you send me notes. And I want to put this out there because this was a really helpful thing for me. I think it's really helpful for my teens. And I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of adults on here need to hear this too. Super random, but a bad habit that I stopped doing is touching my face. Touching my face. Unless I am washing my face or when I'm putting makeup on and when I'm putting makeup on, my hands are clean. Unless it's those two instances, I don't touch my face. This was a habit I had to consciously break because when I was a teenager, I touched my face all the time. And my hands were disgusting because I was a teenager and I didn't wash them. But I learned to do this because I would touch my face all the time and I would like touch my chin or my cheeks or whatever. And as I got older in high school, I started to notice that the places I would touch were the places my face was breaking out. And it didn't take a genius to realize like, oh, my hands are dirty my face is oily, and when I'm touching these spots, I'm compounding that, and then I'm seeing breakouts. My two oldest boys are teenagers, and they're in that stage where there's acne, and they're trying to learn how to manage it, and they, both teenagers, they'll kill me for telling you guys this, but both teenagers are like, mom, you got to get us. We need, we need the full skincare regimen. We need to know what to use and the order and all of it, because I think when they first started to have acne, They thought it was just like, well, this is just what happens to teenagers. And I really worked with them to figure out what made their face break out the most. So we identified certain situations where they stressed out, but most importantly, food. They both have food, just like you and I have food that breaks out your skin. If I eat dairy, I love dairy, but if I eat it, I immediately will see a breakout on my chin. So for them, I'm like, okay, let's pay attention to what foods do you eat that really you notice the next day or the next few days your skin goes wild. And just teaching them that simple trick has seen such a great difference in the way their skin's looking. And you guys know if you're a teenager or you remember being a teenager, when you have breakouts, it makes you feel really insecure, like you don't feel as confident. So just knowing, hey... I'll just not have pizza. Like I like pizza, but I don't like pizza as much as I like clear skin. That has been huge and I think pretty empowering for them. And even though they're boys, they're like, tell us more. Like what's the soap and what's it? So I'm in the midst of one of their Christmas gifts. They won't listen to this, but if you know them, don't tell. But one of their Christmas gifts is I'm doing like full skin care. (laughs) Oh, we'll see if they like it. But that's one of the things I'm getting them for Christmas. All of that to say, it's a really simple trick. Don't touch your face. Just don't do it. And it's a hard thing to break. I like when I'm trying to break a habit. If it's something like that you do almost like a naturally or it's almost like a tick, like you can't stop doing this thing. I like a physical movement and a sound. I'm I have no psychological degree to back this up, but I do feel like if there's something, I'll be like, literally like, nope, 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 nope. Like I'll do something. I'll snap. I'll clap. I'll do something to remind myself that I don't want to do that thing anymore. 
I don't know. I think I talk a lot with my hands for you guys. And so if there's a video, I'm sure I've like cover my face with my hands or whatever. But in normal life, not on camera, in normal life, I just, it's a great rule of thumb. It's something that will benefit everybody. Don't touch your face. Okay, this is a good one. This is a really good one. I read this in a some book I was reading on women's health. And she was a doctor and she was talking, I think she was like an OBGYN, and she was talking about women came to her later in life and had a lot of issues with incontinence. Um, they peed their pants. And I joke a lot about peeing my pants, but I actually... <laughs> work very hard to make sure I do a lot of Kegels. I make sure all of that is very strong um, because I'm a runner, because I take fitness classes where I jump them down. I, look, I'm already bleeding out in public. I don't need to be peeing my pants in public as well. So I do a lot to make sure my pelvic floor is very strong. Google that if you're not familiar. You do not have to live your life with peeing your pants if that's something you're struggling with. But this doctor was saying that women were coming to her later in life, like older women, 60s, 70s, whatever, and they were having issues with incontinence. And what she said she told them to do, and I thought this was so genius, was she said, stop rushing to get out of people's way. And you're like, what does that have to do with pee? It actually is sort of genius. And I do this? And I don't know if you guys do this. I never knew other people do this until I read it in this book. She's like, these women are in their 60s or their 70s, and they've spent their entire adult life peeing as fast as they can because they think other people are waiting outside the stall in a public restroom, and they don't want anyone to be inconvenienced by how long it takes them to pee. Is that crazy or what? Am I the only one? I totally do this. If I'm a public restroom and there's a line, frankly, if there's no line, but I'm worried there might be a line form while I'm there, I pee so fast and so hard. I, I'm pushing. And she was saying like, you push and you strain on these muscles for most of your adult life because you're trying to rush. Or if God forbid you got to poop and then you're trying to get that poop out as fast as you can because you don't want to be an inconvenience to other people. And think about how often in our lives we do this over and over and over. I see it all the time. Women who apologize for just like being anywhere. If you open a door and someone's coming out the door and you do that awkward dance where you're like, who's going first? Women always are like, I'm sorry. I mean, hello. I wrote a whole freaking book on this if you want to learn to stop apologizing. But please, y'all, stop apologizing for stuff. You're not doing anything wrong. Because even though it seems innocuous, it's not. You are reinforcing in your mind that you need to be sorry for existing. You're existing. You're standing in that spot. You're coming out of a door. You didn't see someone and they needed to get around. You're, oh, I'm so sorry. Like what? Teach yourself to say, pardon me or excuse me. If you want something to say, teach yourself to say those things because those are just like, oh, I'm in this space, right? I think of it like when I was learning Spanish, the difference between pardon, excuse me, and permiso permission, like, can I get by? And learning to navigate which one of those was appropriate to use when you're walking down a street. Pardon, like beg your pardon, right? Is very different than permiso. Hey, can I have permission to get by you? 
One is sort of asking or saying you're sorry. You're asking for forgiveness. The other one's just like, oh, excuse me, can I get by? I think it's the same for us. And I'm sure there are countless other examples of how we rush ourselves or we try and make ourselves smaller or we try and make ourselves more accommodating and it's affecting our health. But I think this all the time now when it comes to peeing, it's so silly that I'm like peeing as fast as I can to what? Save 30 seconds for a stranger who like, by the way, I'm never waiting in line in a, for a public restroom and being like, damn, this woman, like pee faster. I'm never, I'm just like patiently waiting in line. For whatever that's worth, it's a silly thing, but it is a bad habit. Believing that your life and your existence is somehow less valuable than everyone else around you is a horrific habit. And it's one that you have to actively work to dismantle. Because otherwise, you're going to go through the rest of your life making decisions based on that idea. And it's not just going to affect you physically. It's not just going to affect whether or not you pee your pants when you're in your 70s. It's going to affect the way you feel about yourself emotionally. It's going to affect your confidence. It's going to affect the belief you have in self and what you think you're capable of. Be willing to slow down and allow yourself to take up space and allow yourself to take the time that you need to do what you need to do. Yeah, it's kind of a silly one, but it popped in my head. I really have actively worked to do that. It makes you wonder too, like how many people have issues with peeing their pants and it's really just that they didn't finish peeing. A little, a little bit's leaking out because you rush too fast. And the last thing that I'm going to say about this, bad habit, you've heard about it a lot and it doesn't make it any less important to discuss and that is not looking at screens at night. Now, I've heard people saying now, you know, if you're going to look at screens at night, wear blue blocker glasses or blue light blocking blue blocker. Blue blocker. Do you guys remember blue blocker sunglasses? Oh my gosh, that's so 1992. Neither here nor there. Blue light blocking glasses is, you know, what they say now, if you're going to look at screens at night, wear that. But I actually think it's such a better habit to just not be consuming technology at nighttime. Just don't do it. You know, if you really want to find a habit that's going to help you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all the things, this is potentially one of the biggest because you looking at screens at night is absolutely affecting your sleep patterns. It absolutely affects how fast you can fall asleep, how deeply you're sleeping, the quality of your sleep. And if that's out of whack, you guys, if your sleep is off, everything is off. Sleep is foundational. Sleep is crucial. Sleep is everything. So if you're not getting good sleep, that should be the first area. Remember, we started the conversation. I was saying like, hey, let's pick areas of tension in our life where if we change this one thing, everything else would be affected. If you're not getting good sleep, start there. Let that be the foundation. Even 
30 more minutes or an hour more of quality sleep in a given night for you can have profound effects on the week. 30 more minutes of great deep sleep can be profoundly helpful to your mental, spiritual, emotional state. And it's one of the number one things linked to crappy sleep is consuming a screen before bed. I don't look at screens at all. I do watch, I'll watch TV with the kids or we'll watch a movie or something like that. But we also read a lot around here. We talk, we hang out. Honestly, by the time I get everything done that I need to do, I really only have 45 minutes to an hour before I want to be asleep. So I'm not going to go into my room and open a screen then. That's actually going to wire my brain. That's not going to help me calm down. You know, read nonfiction at night, talk, take a bubble bath, take some me time, do a meditation, all sorts of great things that you can do. But hugely helpful for you is going to be not looking at screens. The reason you keep hearing about it over and over is because it does matter. It's not just lip service. It really is important. So those are bad habits that I stopped doing that I've found really helpful and life-changing in the experience. No habit is easy to break, but by identifying stuff in your own life that you feel like is hurting you, it really empowers you to not just change that one thing, but to change others. Those are my ideas for today. If you're watching this video, I apologize for how blue I look right now. You know I couldn't figure it out, but I'm going to. That's my promise to myself, and that's my promise to you guys. And maybe you use this opportunity to look at something in your life where you're experiencing a lot of tension, and we slow down long enough to figure it out and make it better. I'll be back later in the week with more conversation. Until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.